Hello, hello. I'm Sarah. And I'm Joanna. And we are your therapists next door. Join us as we demystify therapy and destigmatize mental health. Every episode, we interview a healthcare professional. It is sometimes serious, sometimes sad, and most times ridiculous. This week, we welcome Shayna Gervitz, who works as a licensed clinical social worker. Welcome everyone to Therapist Next Door, the podcast that shows you the human side of your friendly neighborhood healthcare worker. We do this by interviewing someone in a helping profession, asking questions that you want the answers to, and answering questions you didn't know you had. I'm Joanna, a board-certified music therapist and a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm a white, straight, cisgendered female, and my pronouns are she, hers, and I, as part of a team, made 60 egg rolls yesterday of all different (sighs) kinds. Yes. What could we not really egg roll cool. was the question we asked. What was, the, what was something that you were surprised that you could egg roll? Um, we egg rolled some Brussels sprouts that were like, like leftover mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts that had like balsamic on them and goat mm-hmm. cheese. We egg rolled that. It was for a party um, mm-hmm. and we made cheeseburger egg rolls which were fantastic and we made chicken fajita mm-hmm. egg rolls. My mom had pre-made the, the toppings. I was I was folding and I had bought 60 egg roll wrappers. We did not need that many. <laughs> so we were like, what else can we do with these egg roll wrappers? What else can we put? So we were just we were just putting putting everything in those egg rolls. I'm hearing there was a lot of courage uh, among the group. And yeah, and excitement. I was like, yeah. what else could we do? We, we have an apple pie. Let's apple pie that. <sighs> yeah, we didn't That's do the really apple good. pie. We oh, only made savory wow. ones this this time. Mm, I'll allow it. And I'm Sarah, an LPC from <laughs> Pennsylvania, transplant from South Jersey. I am a cishet white woman and my pronouns are she, her. And I, uh, about 14 minutes before Joanna, we started talking, <laughs> I got, I pulled in to our driveway from Ikea. And not only, Ooh. not only did, was it a successful Ikea trip, but my partner and I, uh, we are still, you know, we're still going strong, you know, the curse of Ikea. Mm-hmm. It's a very challenging place. It's, it sucks you in. Um, and, but we, we, you know, loving kindness and communication, we uh, got through it and I'm just letting everybody know that <laughs> it does not have to drag you down, <laughs> but if it does drag you down also, sure. it's a terrible place. Yeah. It's a hard it's a place lot. to be in. It's so tough because it's so like nice looking. And you're like, how can I be so unhappy in here? How can I be so miserable <laughs> inside of this place? But, but yeah, it was fine. I had like an okay time. Um, I chuckled at myself and how easy it was to get lost in these like bedrooms that they make now. They mm-hmm. like they like make wings of a home that you have to like explore. So yeah. Anyway, IKEA successful trip. We're good. Uh, That's great. He's upstairs right now, <laughs> building, <laughs> building something nice. with a lot of volume. So let me know if that's odd. But that's yeah, that's a fun fact about me. As a person that I survived Ikea that is, today. Yeah. Hey, did you, this is a weird Ikea fact about me is that I played at the like grand opening of an Ikea, like in a, with a chamber orchestra. Um, I think that's really nice. Yeah. One time I went through Ikea and they didn't charge me for like a really big piece of my order. 
And I felt so bad that I went in and told them. And the woman at the checkout stand like rolled her eyes at me. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, I should have just gone. <laughs> it was like a it was like a mattress cover. It was fine. Oh, okay. I wasn't taking food out of anybody's mouth. It was it was yeah. fine. Ikea. Love it. Ikea. It's it's yeah, no, anyway, like not a not a very enjoyable place. <laughs> you texted me and you were like hey I just want to let you know I'll be ready by two and you're starting today and I was getting in my car to go pick go to like the load zone like I just said okay to you and I did two exclamation points which was very out of character for me if anybody knows me um so yeah I was like all right Sarah's ready okay I was not the space I'm coming into uh the the head space I'm coming into into our space today yeah but I'm you know I'm chilling other than that I'm like full of egg roll. I just ate two of the egg rolls. Um, really good. And I'm very sunburned um, mm-hmm. and thirsty. So mm-hmm. I went to an excellent bridal shower. Um, I won how many uh, Hershey kisses are in this huge <gasps> thing. Oh my gosh. I thought I, I had, it was 350 and I was the person who had guessed the highest at 300. I don't think there were 350 in there because I kind of like made a wild guess. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'll just, you know, a thousand, you know. Did you but, win um, 350 Hershey kisses? I guess so. No. Oh. Yeah. Did, wait, you mean like you don't know or did you bring them home with you? I brought them home with me. I didn't count them. <laughs> no, it doesn't like, seem like 300. Like you did win the Hershey kisses. I mean, like, you- <laughs> yeah, no, I won them. I was the person who got closest to the number that they said there were. Um, mm-hmm. So count that. Yeah. Uh, and I also won the with a with a group like uh, dress the bride in toilet paper. Um, that sounds really. Or nice. dress make a toilet paper dress. Um, I think we won just because like we were dressing the bride. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm thinking about like what a nice memory that sounds like, but also how I don't like Hershey's kisses. <laughs> and I realized that saying that within like 50 miles of Hershey, like, <laughs> I don't want to get like. Oh no! They heard you. you. Yeah. They Hershey'd me. They Hershey'd, they're kind of giving. Yeah. But yeah, I don't like Hershey's. I don't like Hershey's chocolate. Ooh. I think it tastes mm-hmm. like. You're gonna hate this. I think it tastes kind of like bile. Okay. <laughs> you're okay. you're allowed to think that. Thank you. I'm not I, like I'm not like you, you on don't the agree. Side that, of that's okay. I'm not like that's okay. Yes, I mean I the, because Reese's peanut butter cups is a Hershey's product. I can't like. Mm, yeah, peanut butter. Yeah. I do. Uh, I do like the Justin's peanut butter cups better. But oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, once we get some variety, I feel like our minds will change about a lot of, a lot of. Yeah, chocolate. no, I I like other chocolate better. I think I will not eat the majority of those Hershey kisses. It will be my husband who eats them. You know what's so funny is I'm saying I don't like them, but if I come over and they're there, I'm gonna be like, oh, I was grab a handful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and be like, okay. why? Why did I just eat ten? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, do you have any? Are your floors clean? Oh my gosh, are they? I Am I gonna remember something I said six months ago today? No, I'm not. Yeah. I don't have any. My floors are clean. What about yours? I think they're clean. I feel like I said in the last one I would have something, but yeah, who knows? Me when I listen back to it again. Yeah. All right. Well, stay tuned after a break for our history lesson for today.
And now it's time for our lesson. The lesson is compiled facts describing history and or current events, good and bad, in order to give context for the field our interviewee works in. All right, Joanna, today our sources include an article entitled Play Therapy Makes a Difference from the Association for Play Therapy and Using Popular Games Therapeutically from the Society for Psychotherapy.org. RPG therapy from Boulder Valley Psychotherapy, and an article entitled Online Games Are the New Therapists Offered from Wired.com. Buckle in tight. No trigger warning today. Enjoy, enjoy uh, stress-free. Joanna, today, first, we're going to talk about play therapy. Oh. So by definition from the Association for Play Therapy, play therapy is a systematic use of a theoretical model to establish an interpersonal process wherein trained play therapists use the therapeutic powers of play to help clients prevent or resolve psychosocial difficulties and achieve optimal growth and development. Therapists can use play in therapy in many ways. It can be a way for clients to express themselves if they aren't otherwise able to verbally. The toys act like the words and the play is their language. Play can also be a way for therapists to help clients learn adaptive skills or behaviors. It can be a way to enhance the therapeutic relationship or promote cognitive development. Play provides a safe psychological distance from clients' problems and allows expression of thoughts and feelings appropriate to their development. Mm-hmm. Let's break it down a little bit. Break it down. Let's talk about board games and therapy. Uh, So therapists use board games and therapy in many different ways. Board games add structure and competition to the therapy session, which can help increase social and communication skills. They're also a way to practice self-control and turn-taking. Games are able to promote critical thinking as well as memory skills. There are so many different board games that can be adapted into the therapeutic space. Therapists can use specific therapy games like the social skills game, Head Rush, Breaking Barriers Down, or adapt existing games like Uno, The Game of Life, Jenga, and and Sorry, just to name a few. So speaking about TTRPGs and therapy, I'm very excited about this. Um, So TTRPGs, which are tabletop role-playing games, uh, like Dungeons & Dragons, also called D&D, can be used therapeutically. In RPGs like D&D, the GM or Game Master collaboratively tells a story with the players using dice and game mechanics to determine the outcome of the story. Therapeutically, RPGs can help clients improve or gain executive functioning skills, increase emotional awareness and expression, increase critical thinking skills, social skills, and self-awareness and expression, and academic skills like reading and writing. Most of the time, this type of therapy happens in groups, but it can also be incorporated into one-on-one therapy. And finally, video games and therapy. Video games have been used in therapy for some time, but due to the pandemic, there's been a rise in therapists using video games with their clients. Therapists can meet their clients virtually in games like Fortnite, Minecraft, Roblox, Animal Crossing, and Among Us. Playing video games and therapy can be a way to decrease intrusive thoughts or anxiety and model ways to use video games as a positive coping strategy. Therapeutic use of video games is also beneficial for expressing emotions and fostering a feeling of safety. Additionally, video games can help increase frustration tolerance. All right. I'm excited to talk to our guest for today. So stay tuned after the break. All right, today we are talking to Shayna Gervitz. 
Shayna Sheher is a licensed clinical social worker who has worked in mental health for four years. Shayna specializes in individual and group work and is very passionate about integrating games, crafts, movies, music, and other forms of pop culture into sessions. Shayna has certifications in superhero therapy and cinema therapy. She and her husband are board game enthusiasts and enjoy playing Dungeons and Dragons or D&D every week. Shayna also provides trainings on board game therapy and co-hosts the podcast Mental Mages. Shayna, welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. So Shayna, we got connected to you from your podcast Mm -hmm. co-hosts, Kathy Kathy Dixon, who we had on here um, a couple episodes ago, Joanna. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about Mental Mages podcast? Sure. So um, we are a biweekly podcast um, and we talk about all kinds of different pop culture um, categories and how they integrate into mental health or how mental health integrates into them. Um, So we've had a variety of episodes about, we've talked about board games a couple of times. We've talked about um, Dungeons and Dragons. We've talked about She-Hulk and um, my brain is not working. So, um, <laughs> but a variety of things and Halloween, we're really like for Halloween for October, we're going to have four, um, spooky episodes. So I'm really excited about that. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And we are actually collaborating to, um, we will actually be presenting at the superhero therapy conference next weekend. That's um, so cool. Yes. So we're really, really excited. Um, so it's been a really cool journey. Uh, Kathy's wonderful. Um, I know she was on a couple Probably recently, it was a couple months ago, but I know as far as (laughs) episodes go, not that long ago. And um, she was really, really great. And um, I appreciate her connecting me with y'all. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about superhero therapy? I don't think I've ever heard of it. What is it? It sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really, really cool. So when I was an intern um, at my current, actually, I interned and was hired. And so I've been at the same place for um, since I was, you know, in grad school. And funny enough, Kathy was the one actually found it. She's like, oh, this seems like something you would like. And I was able to do it. Um, So it is a modality created by Janina Scarlett, Dr. Janina Scarlett, um, who I definitely recommend looking into. And she's got a number of different really cool pop culture resources and workbooks. Um, And so it's essentially utilizing concepts from um, different superheroes or other pop culture and to therapy. So it's kind of how I honestly got started even knowing that was a possibility, um, I had no idea. So I was really blessed. I've always been a nerd. Um, <laughs> and so I, I definitely like hit the jackpot and being able to integrate the things that I love and be able to connect with people with things that they love. Um, so it's really cool. It was back when I took it like four years ago. Um, it was like a biweekly thing, but now they're doing these big conferences, which is really cool. So, so cool. Yeah. And her workbooks are fantastic. And it sounds like it would be for children. And she does have things for children, but it's actually more for older teens and adults. Um, because it has some really intense topics. Like it, you know, it's it's books for really intense trauma work. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're really, really, really cool. It was interesting when I was doing some of the research for the history lesson for this podcast. Like I noticed that a lot of like play therapies used towards this is for children. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I think it's still useful for adults that like maybe mm-hmm. even like in the same way, 
you know, extremely helpful and therapeutic. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so I actually don't see a lot of little children. Um, I primarily work with teenagers um, and then some young adults. Um, And so when I say I play games with with kids, it's not (laughs) (laughs) six year olds. It's more like 15 year olds. Um, And so I run four. Sorry, hold on. Five um, board game groups. So group therapy utilizing board games. And that's all um, kiddos over the age, pretty much of 11. Um, so a couple outpatient setting and then two with a partner, um, my, also my best friend who works with me, which is great. Um, and we run them in a group home. So that's been really, really, that's a new experience and it's been really cool. It's been really, really cool. What do those board game groups look like? Um, so typically, I honestly had to make all of this kind of up. So like I said, when I first started, I didn't know it was possible. And so, you know, I know in the history lesson, you, you know, Uno is a, is a very common game. Yeah. Um, I try to avoid playing Uno as much as possible. <laughs> like it's, it's almost like a, like, oh, Uno. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I actually feel bad sometimes because like a client will be like, can we play Uno? I'm just like, Yeah. <laughs> It's like, they're like, we don't have to be like, no, it's, it's your time. It's fine. Like really it's fine. Like don't, <laughs> it's not. Um, but you know, Uno is, it's great for like a passive conversation, but it, it's, there's not a lot of skill in Uno and people try to argue with me on that. And I'm like, there, no. You, no. there's no argument. You're randomly drawing cards and there's very little strategy. Um, and so it's great for kind of passive work, but I wanted games that were more, you know, would build on those executive functioning skills. Um, and Uno, it's just not it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me try some of these. And so I think probably the first hobby level game that I integrated was called, it's called Flux. And I play Flux at least twice a week. We played it in group this week. And I played it with probably two or three individual clients. And so it's really great. Um, you're going to see a cat walk across the screen it's in a totally second. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the groups <laughs> look like <laughs> we, we just restarted them this week. So, um, you know, typical get to know you stuff. And then we do all kinds of different games, whether it's competitive or um, I actually try to use a lot of cooperative mm-hmm. so that they have to work together. Um, and I also look for games where they have to practice you know, not only understanding their own thought process, but understanding how other people might think. Um, so games like Hughes and Cues, Dixit. Um, and then there's a game called Mysterium, which they all loved last group round. It's like a murder mystery kind of game um, where they have to work together to solve the mystery. Yeah. So that's usually the groups, you know, we do an introduction, we eat a snack um, and then we play a game. And I'm like, we're going to play this game. So part of it is teaching it. And I've gotten better and better at teaching. Um, and then usually we'll do, you know, I'll, I'll use some of those skills of reflection throughout. Like, oh, I noticed mm-hmm. how you thought this. Um, and different things like that are flux. So flux is a game about changing rules. So and transitioning and responding to change. And so I'll use that a lot with, you know, sometimes there's there's rules we don't like to follow. And um, so we, we just got to go with it. Sometimes things happen and we don't like it. Um, but it's it's funny. I get called mean or evil at least once a week. Um, typically, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how do group members handle that? Uh, kind of oscillation between this is I'm playing a game and I'm going to, you know, beat everyone around me, or I'm going to be really competitive. 
or just enjoy myself and like, you know, experiencing therapy as well. Cause I think sometimes when I'm having a, what feels like a therapeutic conversation with a client, they will then be surprised when I'm like, when I drop like an insight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm wondering if any, <laughs> I'm wondering if there's any uh, noticeable responses you've had to, to like just keeping that therapeutic container. I, I, so I would say it's, it's very kind of backdoor therapeutic style. Um, and so it tends to be more that the shy person won't participate and then will slowly start to really participate. And I don't know that they notice it as well, but I notice it very much like the confidence and their assertiveness and being able to like, really like make a decision or advocate for their own thoughts. Um, and so I've noticed some of that. And, and I think they've noticed when I point it out, cause I try to, you know, of course, like, Oh, you know, that's really good insight. Thanks for, you know, pointing that out, giving that opinion. And they'll kind of look <laughs> a little shocked, but, um, as far as, you know, handling part of the process is learning how to handle those frustrations. So if someone gets angry or work through it, um, and never force anyone's so if they just want to watch, that's also okay. Um, I usually encourage at least one game participation, you know, um, but I have also, utilized. Um, I have played among us in group as well, actually. Um, and Jackbox games is another oh, one that we those are so yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're something. So, yeah. Um, so we've, we've done all of those and it's, it's an experience and sometimes it works and sometimes it does not work and that's okay. And we process through it and reflect and, or they get lectured about appropriate responses and, <laughs> <laughs> and we keep pushing. <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't know, Jackbox is like a bunch of series of games and, mm-hmm. and a lot of them are like response based. So it can get pretty inappropriate, um, pretty fast if that's like what you're doing. Um, but it can also just be like fun. Correct. Yeah. And for the most part, if you set the guidelines, you know, ahead of time, um, but part of the group therapy is it's not just a social club, it's therapy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we are, it is okay to test the waters and then they know where they stand and how to respond. Um, and so, you know, in that case, I'll challenge people when they're being frustrated or not fresh, you know, but yeah, like, you know, like, yeah, I see you're frustrated, but you know, you wanting to win doesn't mean that I don't want to win. You think I don't want to win? Cause I do. And what makes your wanting to win better than my wanting to win? And that's kind of a perspective that a lot of kids or teens don't really like, we get so caught in what we want Mm. and it's like, you know, and I'll even mimic back when, when people throw up, you know, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say it back to them when they do something and they look at me like I've got two heads and I'm like, that's what it sounds like. Um, And so I've actually seen a lot of like, Oh, (laughs) um, moments through stuff like that. Um, and it's fun. They get to see that I'm actually like a fun human being. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's always nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's times in games when I make decisions that I wouldn't normally do, but I try to throw like a wrench, you know, in the, if it's going too smoothly, <laughs> I want to see how they respond to um, something that's not great. So, yeah. Yeah. Switching gears a little bit. What sure. is cinema therapy? Um, so cinema therapy is easy. Uh, using movies and concepts from movies. So I, before, during the pandemic, um, when I was doing groups virtually, I was having kind of a hard time with maintaining focus where I normally would be able to in, um, in the, you know, in office setting. 
And I was noticing a lot of people were very camera shy and they really just didn't feel comfortable building rapport was a lot harder. And so I was like, what if I tried movies and we had a movie a week and we talked about the movie and it's a way to talk about issues without directly talking about issues. And so that's exactly what we did. I found a really good course. Um, and so, yeah, we, I still utilize it for one of my groups. So we're going to be watching Mean Girls and talking <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, and it was really cool, the conversations that came up with the different movies. Um, I, especially with like the boys, they could get really deep sometimes, um, which was really, really cool to see. And I don't think that they realized it either. Again, it's kind of that backdoor entry of, you know, how do you think Marty McFly felt during <laughs> Back to the Future? <laughs> um, so that's kind of the theory behind that. It's It can be really fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, it, and such like a, like a non-confrontational way to confront mm-hmm in therapy exactly exactly it's like oh did you notice this character's behavior what do you think about that how did other people respond to that behavior you know um and so it was definitely really cool um still cool I still use it sometimes with individuals sometimes I'll give them a movie to watch in between sessions and I love that I love that like classic movies are being brought in too Mm because I feel like a lot of times with younger generations uh, as every generation in existence mm-hmm. has done as technology has developed they've had a generation above them gatekeeping classic <laughs> movies <laughs> so I love that you're just giving it to them like oh here it is let's let's like talk about it instead of oh you need to mm-hmm. soon as somebody that is I, and I you know I want I want to hear your thoughts callers but as soon as somebody <laughs> says to me like oh you know I loved this growing up it's a classic I'm kind of like eh, well I don't know if I'll like it that much so I just Uh, I like that. I like that injection of some of the classics. Thanks. Yeah. And I try to like pick movies that don't like it's it's not just movies shade of legs. You know, I try to like, okay, (laughs) what's popular like in general? Um, And so we did Labyrinth one time and we did. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. um, Some of the stuff that came out of that one. Um, Back to the Future was one of the best conversations starters. Actually, that went really, really well. the princess uh princess diaries which none of them had ever seen before and i didn't realize that movie went out of style like <laughs> yeah because i've seen that movie like 20 times and right? read all the books so <laughs> i know i was like what none of you have seen this one um I, quite a few had seen mean girls so um but not, anyway so it's hard, it's hard to think of mean girls as a classic movie but the, it, it almost is at least it it's, is. The, it's the yeah. 2000s classic yeah. than a, <laughs> but that we well, can even it put it into a category of, of classic yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't it just have like a pretty significant anniversary was that was that I'm 15 sure. years maybe i think having tina Fey's name attached to it is definitely like why it's <laughs> still in the uh like our lexicon versus like princess diaries because y'all saying that i haven't thought about that movie in like probably <laughs> like like 15 years i've not thought about that movie so that's also i don't know just saying yeah. tina fey has she uh, has a lot of star power drop so she does also watch princess diaries again like i'm ready to watch that again Where's it's that so streaming? good that's anne hathaway right yeah mm-hmm. and julie andrews yeah. is in that correct mm-hmm. yeah julie andrews is in it it's so good <laughs> it really really yeah. is it's a really good movie yeah i uh, watched that movie so much with the dean 
it's relatable <laughs> it really is it's- yeah uh yeah. Also, like, as a teen who was like, I wish I was a princess, like, just all exactly. of a sudden. <laughs> but maybe there's, maybe there's a, a small, tiny European uh, kingdom <laughs> for all of us that we find out that we're the ruler of. What was the name of it? Genovia? Genovia? Yes. Genovia. Yeah. yeah. Genovia. Yeah. yeah, that's the place. I'm ready. Someone call me up and be like, hey, guess what? <laughs> Especially if it's Julie Andrews. Oh, my. If Julie Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, she can she can pretty much do what she wants. Absolutely. Hello, listeners. And uh, if one of you is Julie Andrews, hi. And uh, thank you. Can we please meet you, I guess. Um, And for everyone, uh, a deep thanks to you for listening. We're so excited to continue this interview. So stay tuned for part two coming to you very soon. If you would like early access to full interviews, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash TND podcast. Take a look at the show notes for important links. And as always, we are your therapists next door.